0: last time on we need to talk
1: and that was the largest thing that ever came out of my ass
0: man i didn't know you could fit so many doritos down there
1: and red white and blue is my favorite combination
0: of colors to taste you know i thought about the rainbow in different ways and the main way i thought about it was parallax scrolling it's a thing you do it's a thing you do Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo.
1: What the hell was that last bit about? It, it was pretty awful.
0: Uh, what what bit?
1: <laughs> the one where we were like, "Last time, oh, we need to talk."
0: I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was like improv, <laughs> but you know, kind of like questions, <laughs> like like it was like theoretical answers to questions that we would ask each other. I mean, I th- that that was the idea. Oh,
1: so I mean, we should get right back into doing that same thing where we ask each other questions because. Again, HelloGiggles.com is where we've been pulling these from, and I think that they've they've been really good and actually really thought-provoking on like some other episodes.
0: Yes, hello giggles. Uh, I'm saying hello to giggles, because we're gonna be laughing with some of these questions, because they will be funny, they will be great, they will be amazing. Hello giggles. We need to talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Time. Welcome back, so glad you guys could join us I am here once again with my best friend Nathan Pepin. How's it going, Pepin?
0: Doing well, doing well uh, I see you got your announcer voice on today
1: I have my announcer voice on It's ready to go I'm ready to ask some questions And give you some answers Are you ready to rumble? That was actually pretty good Thank you no. Question five. <laughs> Jumping right back into it, Nathan. What makes you feel afraid? Death. Oh, okay. Can you speak any more on that?
0: Well, you I see... know we've
1: had we had a whole episode about. Uh, it was it probably wasn't about death, but we talked about death a lot. Uh, I think it may have been about death. I, I think wow. I think it was about death.
0: And that was with Brian. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, so what? Like, what about death scares you?
0: Non-existence. I mean, not existing ever again. Uh, but also, what scares me is there's no alternative because, I mean, the only alternative I could see is uh, living until I want to die. That that's the only option I can do. No, or existing until I don't want to exist, is is mm-hmm. the only possible solution to the conundrum. But the, but the issue is, you know, it's between. Existing for a finite time or existing for an infinite amount of time, you know, logically. And both are horrifying, and I don't want to die.
1: I think your real fear is not death or eternal life, but rather binary choices. (laughs) Binary choices? (laughs) When you can't stretch your creative muscles and choose something way out in left field, I think that stresses you out and scares you. It's, It's the meta scare. It's the underlying nature of all my fears. <laughs> Binary choices.
0: Chicken or fish? Oh, no. Um, I maybe accept that. Maybe fear itself. That's kind of scary. The fear of fear, because that just builds on itself. I don't know. The fear of fear isn't really
1: fearful. It's like, what is there to be afraid of? Uh, being afraid? I don't. I don't get that. Why would I be afraid of being afraid?
0: It, it for me, it's a uh, I've had issues with it because it's like uh, with uh, I've had panic attacks before, and it's kind of what panic attacks are in a lot of ways. You know, you have a certain response, then you start fearing that response, and then the fear will bring like kind of more fear. Mm. Uh, and maybe it's not like a real conscious fear, but it just kind of comes out in say body bodily signals. You're not like I'm scared. It's not. It's not like that because. There's a clear difference, but it just kinda has this circular loop and I'm gonna compare that to something completely
1: inappropriate. Charlie horses. So sometimes I'll I'll be like my toes will be wanna stretch, so I'll like curl them in and out. And then sometimes when I curl them in, I can feel a Charlie horse starting up where it like tightens the muscles in my leg and I they hurt so bad. But the more I think about okay, okay, I gotta relax, I gotta not get one, the more likely I am to get one.
0: I know what you're talking about. Those those things suck. I mean, it's like, what do you do?
1: There's nothing you can do. I like try and just relax my feet and like just ride the pain, and it hurts so bad. Have you ever worse like, than giving birth?
0: Definitely. Have you ever like gotten up like your legs falling asleep because you're like on the ground or something, and you you stand up, and you know the legs. Like, all the blood's going to rush through your leg, and you're like, okay, I don't want it to feel weird and all that kind of sensations. you kind got to resist it and try to, like, do something to stop it. And it's like, don't come, don't come, and then it does.
1: Wait, wait. Don't come, don't come, and then it does? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. My – one of – something that makes me feel afraid is is the inevitability of death of others. My death doesn't scare me as much as losing people I care about. Like, I I have worries on a daily basis about, like, I let my cat go outside, about him never coming home. That would be the worst fucking thing in the world. Like, that, the feeling, well, obviously, like, any, any person I'm close to dying would be, or, uh, or entity, as it were. But just the, I, I often think of him because I, you know, I, I'm responsible for his life. And I, I let him go outside because I think that it's better than being cooped up in a house all day. And, you know, having that be your narrow world, let him understand the world as a whole. Let him make his own decisions. I'll make my own decisions. And we'll be friends together who don't have to control each other.
0: I, I like that you have a fear, but you're also very laissez-faire about the, the fear. It's like, like the, the inclination for most people is I have this fear I need to control this this you know these factors to mitigate it but uh it's like uh i remember when you used to live at your old apartment and this is on the podcast uh with sandy somewhere back there but you were talking about how your cat would like jump from one place to the other and like very capable of falling off since you're on the top floor and you know you know it probably wouldn't survive the fall but you're like you know my cat wants to do this it's his decision he thinks he's confident enough. I mean, if he dies, I'll be really sad. But you know, I don't want to take that choice away from him.
1: It's it's really it's a hard line to walk to be responsible for a life, but also let them be responsible for their own life. And you know, talking about it in terms of a cat as if they're you know a human being, it, a lot of people I think would would shun me and, and look down on me for the my mindset. But I think of I don't think of me as his owner. I think of us as friends. I think that he's one of my best friends in the world. And we don't, you know, a lot of people have have in the past when I've said something like, they've been like, wow, you must live a really sad life if that's your best friend is your cat. I'm like, well, no, it's not like that. Like, first off, I don't just have one, one friend. And secondly, what's wrong with your best friend being somebody that you love and care about that loves and cares about me just as much back? Just because we're not the same species doesn't mean that we can't both have these affectionate feelings towards each other. Plus, the sex is awesome. (laughs) I had to put the comedy part in smart comedy for a second. I don't have sex with my cat.
0: Okay, I was going to have a little bit affirming you, but no.
1: Question six. Would you rather get lunch with Jillian Flynn or J.K. Rowling? Nathan, don't, you don't know who either of them are, do you?
0: J.K. Rowling, she's the author of Harry Potter, but I don't yep. give a fuck about her. And Jillian Flynn, I, fuck off, Julie. <laughs> it's Jillian. <laughs> fuck
1: off, Jillian. These are two brilliant, brilliant female authors. Some of the most brilliant authors of all time. And... And you know they're they're both you know alive to this day, so we actually could get lunch with either of them. Which would you choose?
0: Uh, probably Jillian
1: because I know less about her. Oh, interesting. Okay, Jillian. She wrote um, Gone Girl. That was I think popular recently. It got turned into a movie. I've heard good things about that movie. Yeah, she. she I mean, she is. She has a. We all know J.K. Rowling. We all love J.K. Rowling. But Jillian I, I, Flynn, I think it's less celebrated in the public eye, um, and maybe undeservingly so, like because she's she's brilliant. She ha- she has like she has a twisted mind in a way. A lot of her, her books are about you know m- murder and and stuff like that, um, serial killers or, um, or or disappearances and and things like that. It, brilliant, brilliant writer. Um, with it just a, a hint of insanity and that that's why i would choose jillian flynn because i think that i could have a much a much more wild conversation with her than with jk rowling plus i think she's way hotter that's what matters that's not what matters That is a footnote i mean she's like she's like in her 40s and she's absolutely gorgeous i love it brilliant woman
0: uh what's your most embarrassing childhood memory so, I talked about this on the podcast. So Steve already knows it. But there's a time when um, I was in the back seat of a car, like so. so it's it's like we had this thing at uh, my friend. Like it's called OM Odyssey of the Mind. And Don't so-
1: retell the whole story. People have listened to that one. You can either give the cliff notes, and I'm still gonna ask you for another one, or you can come up with another one you haven't shared on the podcast.
0: Okay, another one I haven't shared on the podcast. And if you need
1: time to think, I can I can give you one of mine.
0: Okay, I need time to think. So
1: go on. Remember that time that your mom heard heard me make a sex joke? Uh, I think so. Cause I like yelled it at your house or something. And do you know like Zach's the exact story?
0: No. Can you please explain the story? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to do animation, and I would use like Flash, and I was making. I'm not sure if it was my project or if it was mine and Steve's, but we're in a health class. And there was this animation about suicide prevention. And uh, Steve was helping me on it as the voice actor or something. And so we're doing a recording. And um, Steve is, like, the police officer. And he's yelling, Who's uh, this is police? Get on the ground! And, you know, uh, he, he did it a couple times. And, uh, one of the times he did it, I don't know why, but he's like, this is the voice. get your hands where I can see them and out of your pants. Like, like the way he said it, better inflection, but, uh, my mom heard it, like he yelled it and he didn't quite mean to say it. He thought it was like a, I I think he thought it was like a great joke. Like it it was a great joke, (laughs) But, but it was a subpar joke, but go on. You, 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 you lost like context to where you were. (laughs) <laughs> and my mom just, like, bust on the door. It's like, what? <laughs> What's going on?
1: We're, we're in the computer room with our, with <laughs> our hands. Oh, my God. With the door shut. And then your mom. that's all your mom hears is silence for, like, 40 minutes. And then just me screaming about getting your hands out of your pants. Yep. The other most embarrassing time also involved your mom. It was the time that i went over your house and she was wearing my sweater yep like my zip-up hoodie she i had lost it i didn't even remember i had lost it and i went over i'm like oh wow i have the same hoodie and she like took it off and handed it to me she's like oh no this one's yours like what
0: you're what
1: why are you wearing my hoodie it was just so weird So, so I guess every time I've, I've been around your mom has been the, the most embarrassing childhood memory of mine.
0: Mm, mm, my mom loves you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs>
1: You're, what about what about an embarrassing mo- childhood memory that you don't remember until now?
0: Uh, I mean, there's like times where I've not been aware of certain phrases and uh using them like you you know like when you're young and you're not quite sure what things mean and (laughs) okay you you know like uh back in third grade that the term was like gay like oh i think this person's gay and uh people would use the phrase and i used it a couple times but not really knowing what it was implying or meaning i thought it was just like you know it's just a word to me like uh like uh humperdickle like (laughs) that's just a word to you it doesn't have any meaning or context you mean like
1: tubular like which is literally just a word that doesn't really have any real meaning other than cool
0: yeah yeah like no meaning yeah
1: pumpernickel like it has no meaning like
0: nobody knows what it means (laughs) but you know I, i said some awkward things uh, not, not necessarily bad things, but uh, I, I remember this one time, like, I was in third grade, and uh, I told my brother that, like, uh, you know, like, uh, something about being gay. And uh, he's kind of looked at me like, oh, God. Like, like he's kind of cringing, because he knew I didn't know what the word meant. And I was trying to just be like, a, like I know people use the word kind of in a certain way but I didn't know how they're using it. I didn't exactly get the context. I didn't really in, even understand that, like, guys like girls and girls like guys and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, on some level I did, but not, like, fully contextualized or, that like, guys could like guys and girls could like girls. So, but but I, I used the, the term in a way where it was just not, you know, like, like, like a third grader using the term Dirty Sanchez and not knowing what it means. It's just kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: remember in uh, senior year of high school, there was a a word in a book, uh, voluptuous. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And people laughed. I I didn't feel embarrassed by that, though. I was like, they're like, it means a woman with large chest. I'm like, oh, okay. I I didn't, that was like a moment where I feel like I should have felt embarrassed, or most people would, but
0: I myself, like, didn't at all. I was like, okay, I just didn't know what it meant. Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. I think other times I feel embarrassed is when, like, I should be able to figure something out. Like, you know how those times where someone tells you something over and over again? Like, they're being mm-hmm. very clear, but it's not, like, registering to your brain. Oh, yeah. And then after the fact, you, like, leave, and you're like, I don't know what that was about. And you're like, oh, they told me exactly what that was about, and I was just acting like the b- biggest idiot and buffoon. Th- that. that That's pretty embarrassing. Okay. I think that pretty much covers that
1: question. Question eight, if you had the option of adopting a baby fox or a baby koala, which would you choose? And Nathan Pepin, you can't say
0: neither. Fox. That's the whole, that's the whole question. Fox. Why fox? Because, so I have a thing for foxes because foxes are just Excuse amazing. Excuse me? I have a thing for foxes. Okay.
1: So you're a furry.
0: You're taking this the wrong way, Steve. Oh, Okay.
1: Uh, this is embarrassing. Can I change my answer to this?
0: Uh yes. Okay. This. Okay. Questioning. Um f- foxes are just are just beautiful. I mean, they're kind of look like sort of not like a feline dog exactly, but they kind of look that way to me. Like they're very elegant in the way. Like I like get a corgi, like a certain kind of corgi where it's a bit more fox looking, because that's kind of a nice alternative. I guess foxes are giant dicks. Like they don't make for good pets. But f- I think foxes are just like I just love the way they look like. Uh, they're they're just beautiful. Uh, koalas, I agree.
1: I think koalas are terrifying looking.
0: They are also I don't. This isn't fair because you know I don't. I'm not judging the fox on their behavior or anything, but koalas. I am 100. You know, saying that they're the the stupidest animal out there. And no, they're all they not. do is like poop and hang out there. I Are you mean, sure you're not talking about a sloth? When koalas give birth, you know, they hang out on the koala mama bears, like, you know, fur, and then since the eucalyptus, the, the, the koala will, you know, you know the, the youngins, they can't actually process the eucalyptus because it's, like, super hard, so they poop, and then the uh, youngins will eat the, uh, the poop coming out of the mother's butt. Oh. And, you know, I just can't be down with that. That's just too terrible. Well, I mean, birds puke into each other's mouth into their babies' mouths, but that makes sense. I mean, this is this is koalas, like birds are birds. <laughs> I, I, I guess mean,
1: my answer would be fox too. I think that they're they're cuter. I think koalas are scary looking, and I think feeding the the maintenance of a koala would be much much more difficult than basically a a dog, which is what what a fox is. Like I don't I don't want to have to grow a eucalyptus
0: tree in my house. Yeah. People like uh it's been kind of a meme for a bit, but biologists, a lot of biologists don't like koalas because they think they're pretty useless. I mean, like they don't do anything, all they do is there's like assholes that don't breed, and they're 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 not really needed for the environment. all they do is eat eucalyptus i mean that's all they do think of how
1: much the eucalyptus would overrun
0: the countryside.
1: If it wasn't for those koalas doing their work. <laughs> hey
0: Nate, what's your dream job? Um, that The answer I gave one time, which I, th- I like, is uh, being a hype man. Okay. Like like DJ Khaled. Oh, just
1: yelling your name over tracks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or I like I go into like a like a party or like a club or something. And I'm there just to hype it up. I have people with me like, yeah, this is this is the party. And then I, I get the party started and then I leave. And then you leave. I don't want to be a part of the party, but I'll get it started. But but Or, or I, I like hype someone up like, oh, yeah, this is the blah, blah, blah. And then, I you know, the person does some rapping and stuff. And I like put on little lines there. Yeah, blah. blah. And then, yeah, it's great. All right. All right. We can make that happen.
1: Mine would be uh, kind of what I'm working towards right now. Running a a community, running in this case a podcast network community. Um, we don't we don't talk about it much on this show. Podcast New Hampshire. I'm actually the president of of that network, and it, in five months we have twenty shows on the network now, and I'm I'm super proud of that. It's and this is it's such a huge undertaking, and I. I I have so much fun doing it. None of the work feels like work. It always feels like like a blessing to be able to 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 be in the position that I'm in and to have people who entrust in the vision and uh, in in the ideology that I'm trying to to portray through the network that this is I mean if I could could do it full time, which I'm hoping someday will be the case, I would, and I would I would love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It Steve does a really good job with the the podcast network. And we we actually had an event not too long ago where a bunch of people from the podcast got together at a charity. Uh, You may have seen the video on Facebook, uh, facebook facebook.com slash we need to talk show. We need to talk show. And there's a picture on our Facebook as well, Podcast NH. And, you know, having everyone there together was actually really cool, really amazing. Uh, Got to meet some new people. And very, very fun, very intriguing.
1: We raised over three grand in that single day um, as a community, as as a group for that whole event um, for veterans, and I, I think that's that was such an amazing thing to see the power of people coming together um, and to see podcasts represented in this way in the public eye that I don't think they really are now, right now,
0: yet, yet.
1: but they will be up and coming. Absolutely, if you. Uh, what is your favorite mythological god or goddess?
0: Um I like Medusa. No that, I don't an think that, that's not a god or a goddess. Yeah, fuck. Um I was gonna say Zeus, but Zeus felt like too uh too like cliche. Um Hermes. I'm gonna say Hermes, but I don't know much about Hermes. I don't really know who he is. Uh, Poseidon's pretty cool, but maybe not. Poseidon? Is that like the god of puss?
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Arthur the Red Sea. Wait, that's a different one. Uh, how how about uh, capital G, God? Is that your favorite mythological god? Um, what do you
0: mean exactly? Or
1: capital uh, J, Jesus?
0: No, I mean those are two. Actually, can I go to like uh like uh, modern mythology? You can go to any mythology you want. Okay, let me let me think about this real quick.
1: Is modern mythology just like books and movies? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll go with. So obviously, my my true answer is uh, is God God Himself, the the real deal. But for my my favorite mythological god or goddess, since you know I'm not talk since that's not mythological, would be uh, the Egyptian god Bast, uh, the daughter of the sun god Ra. Uh, she was uh, depicted often as a cat and the goddess of music and pleasure dance uh birthing and such you know all the good stuff
0: yeah i'm not i'm not coming up with too much here only because like i'm not thinking very well It, it it's like i can think of certain like, like my depth of the gods aren't that great like like as far as like looking up to anyone i'm trying to think of like other like fictional characters and stuff and it's not coming up with too much um so i'm gonna say osiris because uh, i like the concept of osiris I, I, I might have the right i might have the wrong name there but uh, it's the egyptian god who's just like the eye like the all-seeing eye and it's a really interesting concept there because he sees everything and kind of judges it and I, I think it's a very interesting metaphysical kind of uh, idea
1: Ah, okay. So you you like the Illuminati.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. I I'm actually a part of the Illuminati. Did you know that? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, Does are you go are you gonna be killed now? No. Oh, okay. No, there's hundred and forty seven Illuminati chapters, all independent around the US.
1: Oh.
0: Ah. Um uh, interesting. It's, it's really dumb. You can join it.
1: <laughs> okay. Hey, Nate, question eleven. Who was your first crush? Tell me about her.
0: Uh, her name was KP. <laughs> KP. All right. Kevin Pierce, I gotcha. And she was a girl I knew in, uh, I mean, knew her all throughout, like, school. But uh, we met in, like, second grade, and we did, like, the hand-holding thing. And, but it was, like, the little kid kind of romance type thing where it didn't make much sense. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I hear my boyfriend and it's like, yeah. and you know, uh, wow. and I like her on and off like throughout the years for some reason. What'd you like about her? Uh, I thought she was cute. Uh, huh. she, she, she was on my bus. Um, she shit on your bus. She's on my bus. Oh,
1: okay. That makes way more sense.
0: And i think the other thing is like i liked her in second grade so the thing i liked about her was that i liked about you know the thing that i liked about her was that i liked her like mm. it's an ongoing kind of thing did you like that she liked you uh yeah i think so as well hmm. I, I don't know why but we had these moments where we held hands but like from my naive interpretation but. Like, like even sixth grade and you know stuff like that. From my naive interpretation, like she wasn't coming on to me. It's just like you know that's what we did. We'd sell hands for some reason. Oh well, that's sweet. It, wait, that was the three-legged table lady, right? Yeah, three-legged. Yeah, three-legged table lady. Um, I, I was almost gonna get laid, and then it didn't happen because we've told our, that story on best this friend. This show, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. If not, we
1: will have to tell it. Fair enough. Mine was um, Taylor O, and uh, I remember must have been. I think it was until like fourth grade, and we had, we went to like the the special education. They pulled you out of class for it and stuff, but it was for like smart kids, where they like challenge you with word puzzles and stuff like that. And we were the only two in our class. I think there were like four people in the school who went to it. And we were two of them. She, she was just always so nice to me. And she's she was so pretty. I uh, I had a crush on her for a really, really long time. All the way through middle school,
0: high school. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I can mean, I, I see that. If it's the same person I'm thinking of, I can definitely imagine that.
1: Yeah. If you had to choose between using Internet Explorer forever... Or permanently using an AOL email address, which one would it be?
0: Um, I I think Internet Explorer. I mean, well, it depends on what we're talking about here. Because if it's Edge, Edge is actually somewhat decent. It's it's not amazing, uh, but I think it works pretty well. Yeah, because uh, Internet Explorer doesn't really exist. It's it's, it's Edge. Yeah, and Edge is that like I was using Edge just by itself for a while, and I liked it pretty well uh it's not perfect which is the issue because uh you run into issues sometimes that you don't run into with other browsers and apparently part of that problem is uh like youtube they are so google owns youtube and youtube they refuse or google owns youtube and google also owns google chrome and they kind of like do certain things for their platforms where they use outdated versions of certain software or libraries as a way of creating small incompatibilities with newer browsers or browsers that use the uh, newer version of things like they should be uh so, so th- there's some issues so so edge might be more up to date in some areas but it causes issues with youtube sometimes and you know other other little nuances but yeah i'd, I'd be fine using edge AOL, uh, I mean, it's just an email. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It, I it would is definitely choose deal. AOL. Sorry, one more time. I would
1: definitely choose AOL email address. Don't like uh, Edge? Well, I just think it, it's inconvenient and it's always out of date pretty much. It's, it never quite catches up to, you know, all the Google Chrome is really where it's at right now. But I think AI, the email address is kind of irrelevant because like I have like five different email addresses and they all just I have them linked to my phone so I don't think about the email address ever I just use it you know I have an AOL email address that I still use so I don't I don't see the issue with it mm. plus I'm sure there's some prime AOL email addresses that you could get like uh, one two three four dance 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 it's probably one yeah.
0: Uh, something I'll add about uh, Edge is uh, Edge is better with power performance. So if you're on a laptop, Edge is, beats out Chrome because Chrome, the issue with Chrome is Chrome's not very well optimized for, like, say, resource management. It's very heavy in it. So Chrome will kind of kill your battery, and so will Firefox to a large mm-hmm. degree. I know Firefox came, with a, came up with an update that was supposed to fix certain things, but... Uh, edge is more mobile friendly okay well fair enough i i mean i have an iphone so
1: i use safari so it doesn't really matter for me you safari if you could either be
0: a duck or an owl which would you be um owl an owl okay why they're they're wise they're cool they're they're, just cool looking and they're not rapists okay well i agree with the rape part but you also gotta eat mice yeah but uh when 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 you're a duck you gotta what do ducks eat? Like, bread? fish, bread fish and plants yeah, I mean owls are just badass. I mean they're like they're they're cool. I mean, yeah, I don't know, I, I think
1: I'd like to be a a duck, but I'd be a gentleman duck.
0: <laughs> you like uh ask for consent before you had sex Well, of course, yeah. You'd probably be a bastard owl. <laughs> yeah. Knowing you, I would like go like to people's like uh like by their window in the scoot all night.
1: <laughs> Such an asshole. All right, well let's get let's get to question fifteen. We're at fourteen right now. What do you love about yourself most?
0: Um tough question because it is i like i don't really i i like that my mind is creative and it finds unique answers and perspectives on things that aren't like aren't they're possibly unique and they're possibly relevant and they're possibly good not all of them mm. are. A lot of them are dumb. But I like that my brain can generate those kind of things, and it, like out of anything that brings me joy, it's like new ideas, new thoughts, new theories, new new things. Uh, it, it's what my brain's good at is theorizing and uh, figuring things out, and it's what brings me the most amount of joy. Mm. No, I like that. I like that. I I tend to search for
1: the best in people and it wasn't always the case i used to be very negative but i've i've kind of made some changes in my own mentality that took a long time to get there but when i finally did i found that now it's my natural inclination to to assume the best and to try and search for the best in people i feel like i i feel like i fall in love with everybody i meet in a way in the in the sense that i i just really i care about them and i find what's beautiful about them and i i let myself focus on that instead of focusing on the negative hold on hold on my cat was
0: standing on the power button to my computer (laughs) um that's actually interesting you bring that up because uh i i'm not gonna say i haven't noticed that about you i mean not consciously but uh i I, you know we're in a whole process of maturity because we we knew each other from sixth grade on and so we, we've changed a lot both in those times. But there's definitely a period of time where you're certainly more pessimistic. And the uh, word's not spiteful, but it's uh a, a, like n- not hateful. I don't, know, I don't know what the term is, but uh, sardonic. You had like a very pessimistic view on people. Mm. Like, like Like kind of like from a trolling mindset. Like people are this and this is how I interface with them because this is what I need to do because to, to cap entertain myself or get a, get a, get through in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now now I've kind of flip-flopped the other way where it's
1: almost to a fault of naivety and just being uh, wanting to see the best even when sometimes there aren't. And even though I know somebody isn't necessarily a good person, I want to believe that they are. So sometimes I'll, I'll pay for that. But I would rather pay for judging someone wrongly and giving the best of – thinking they have the best of intentions than assuming everybody has the worst and missing out on the good in, in life. And I, I feel like it made me f- feel like a darker person back then, and I, I'm just glad I've m- made that that change. I just need to
0: find a little bit of
1: balance now. I'm kind of an all or nothing on that.
0: i think my my stance on kind of like judging people is like it still happens to me like i'm very naive kind of naturally in a way but it's also like there's that my brain is very logical this is how it's set up and if i I don't understand something like i'm not gonna go like just kind of roll with it most of the time and usually when someone's acting in a way which is immoral or kind of tricky you know like they're trying to con you or something it's like there's these like signals in my brain like this that doesn't make sense like explain this like like you know and it's a way i've gotten out of naivety but i i, I do know what you're saying with it you know kind of wanting to expect the most of people or the best of people but also just kind of it's tough mm. And how about the the flip-flop of that? How
1: about uh, what don't you like so much? For me, I'm extremely hard on myself. I expect everything of myself because I personally know I can always do better and I always want to get better. And I think that, you know, while that, it sounds like what you might say in a job interview of like, what's the worst thing about you? Well, I'm hard on myself. But I I think it's to a point where sometimes I I deject myself and I, I make myself not, end up following through on things because I know that if, I don't think it's worth it if I'm not going to be able to do the best that I could possibly do at it. And, and a lot of times that drags me down. Um, and, and it's kind of the same light. I I find that I'm often very hard to agree with, um, or to, to get along with in a lot of ways, because I'm, I'm not willing to say something like, like just to agree with somebody. A lot, a lot of people in for small things, you know, like oh man, it was so, it was so rainy out yesterday. And I would be like, oh, it didn't rain yesterday rather than just agreeing with it. It, It's inconsequential, but my mind and my heart won't let me just be an agreeable person. And I think in a lot of ways, that's, that's dragged me down because I've focused so much on facts and reality and being right. And a lot less on, you know, emotions or things that may change what, reality really is, because re- perception is reality,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's intriguing. It, it, you are definitely more disagreeable in that kind of way, that, like, disagreeable meaning that if, if someone says something, you're not gonna go, like, say if someone says something and you don't agree with it, you're not gonna just kind of go with it. Um, and it's kind of interesting, because we're kind of the same way in that in that way. Uh, I'm also pretty disagreeable, but I'm also polite and you're willing to have like debates and discussions about things. Like we disagree on many different things, which is great, but that's why we kind of started the podcast because we disagree on things and we're able to have like interesting conversations from it.
1: Absolutely. I, I don't th- I think without that aspect of both of us, we wouldn't
0: have we, we obviously
1: wouldn't have a show or, or one that's as successful as, as this one's been um i know i at very least at the end of the day i like listening to it and it's funny i've i've said this before but it sounds it always when i'm listening to our our own episodes i i often find myself being like trying to make points and then i in the recording will make that same point like five minutes later or a couple of seconds later and i'm like oh man i'm so glad i said that because like that's that's really the essence of what I was trying to get across, and, and a lot of times I feel like I've done justice with that. But I also think that I'll, I'll often take the opposite stance on something if I don't have an opinion just so that there can be discourse because I love communication. But a, a lot of people don't like that, and it drives a wedge sometimes
0: between, between me and people to always want to have
1: a discourse about something.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's also intriguing that your approach is the opposite of mine, or not your approach, your reaction is like the opposite of mine. Whereas, you're like you want to say something and like you say it later in the podcast, whereas uh, I'm like, what would I say to this? I don't even know. Uh, maybe this, and then I say something like, oh, I guess that's something I would say.
1: <laughs>
0: it's literally
1: on tape, something you would say, and you're like, I guess I'd say that
0: man this in this impersonator is doing a real good job of being me i mean, it's like i'm not really disagreeing with what this person is saying but um okay i guess I guess that's what he came up with it makes sense
1: so is that what you don't like about yourself is, is that you don't you feel like you don't know you or you're not consistent
0: um i, I feel like what i don't like about myself is that uh i mean I, i've had issues with uh with Depression, I'd say. Maybe it's not depression. Getting things done. I have issues with being tired and kind of lacking the drive. It's like the mismatch between me wanting to do something and then having the energy or the focus or the ability, like, uh, say, health-wise or mentally to actually do that thing. Um, I have large issues with, like, sleep and insomnia. And it's like you know I made major improvements to those things but it's like I feel like I have a certain potential I could be achieving but it's just like my physicality or my body is not able to it's kind of constraining me from that way and of course it's mental things as well but it's it's like sometimes I come home from work and it's just like I'm so tired like, like my, my body is kind of shuts down. My brain shuts down. Or I get the one day off. Uh, I, I get a day off. And it's and so like instead of just kind of go out and like kind of going and pushing through things, which I, I do do a lot of times. But it, it's like feeling like you're so tired that you don't can, – can't push through or just feeling mm-hmm. tired in general. Mm-hmm. That That's what I don't like about myself. It's kind of like the depressive nature where – as it's like, I wish I was just able to to just do it and kind of push through like my, like my mind wants to do. Is that self-perpetuating? Uh, yeah, which is part of the issue. Uh, I mean, I, I say it's like depression because it's definitely somewhat depressive and which is why you have to push through things anyway. I mean, a lot of times like the, it's just getting started which is the issue. So if I take myself to the gym Like, the hardest part is not to work out, but it's actually like getting myself into the car and going to the gym. Mm. Right? Right? Once I get in the car, I'm fine. Like, I can do the workout just fine. It's not, there's no issue getting through that. Uh, Let's say working on a side project or making a song. The issue is not making the song. Like, once I get started, it's fine. I can make the song. But the issue is when I get home and there's a choice between laying down and resting a little bit because my eyes just are dry and they feel super scratchy my head's hurting and i feel like somewhat like this unsteady and like like uh because i didn't get enough sleep it's 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 the choice between that or going into my room and playing on the computer and uh making a song Mm. going on to the computer and making a song I mean, to, to be fair, like at least you're doing
1: something artistic and creative, and like to me, I, I, I think that's a great thing. Like, I, I try and take the things that I like to do and at least make them something that's a little more than just what a lot would consider a time waste. Like, say, I, I like playing video games, so I will stream. And that is an opportunity for me to uh, to make money, maybe in the future. But at very least, it brings me into that community. And then every year, I do a a, a charity event where I do a twenty four hour live stream of video games, and I raise money for kids with cancer. And like this, as I do it throughout the year, it builds an audience for that event. So it's not just me playing video games. I've turned it into something. Bigger, and I think that if you're not you're not just you know sitting there doing nothing or wasting time, you're bettering yourself by honing a craft that you enjoy and creating something that is uh, both an emotional outlet and uh, something that can actually give back to other people by sharing your art. I don't think that that in any way is a is a bad thing.
0: I think the bad thing is i mean maybe it's because i beat myself up about it but if i do have a day where it's like uh i'm just really tired and don't feel like doing anything it's it's the not doing anything part which really kind of i maybe beat myself up about or Mm -hmm. it's not having the mental fortitude to keep going and of course it's like you build mental strength by doing like exercising it right so it's just of course that sort of thing and that's the thing that uh people who specialize in depression treatment will kind of say ultimately that the the treatment to depression is doing things which you don't want to do necessarily. Or if you feel tired going to the gym, if you, if you feel this, you know, trying to feel happy, like, like it is the ultimate solution, but in practice, it's not as easy as just saying, you know, well, just do this, go outside meet some friends, do this, do that. It's it's a solution, but it's not the solution to the meta problem or it's, it's like so for instance, if you're overweight, the solution to that is to diet, exercise, you know keep track of your calories and you'll lose weight. It's a pretty obvious solution. But there's more to it than that because losing weight is not just about like doing those things. If you do those things, you'll be fine. but it's, it's a lot harder than that. Like tracking calories, maintaining what you eat, exercising, training all, those, all these habits. And actually going through with the mental like gaining the mental fortitude to do so, that's really tough.
1: Right. That that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that takes us right back to, to what you like about yourself and that's or or you know, what what I took away from what you like about yourself, and I guess it's a, a large part of what I like about you, is that your your creative thinking is, is it's it's very creative and different and a lot of times out there But in such a pragmatic way at the same time it's like super realistic while also not being at all it's it's fascinating and i i've never met another person that i can say wow the way you talk or act or think reminds me of nathan pepin i've never met anybody else like that And, and i think that i value your friendship so much because of the way that you think and the way that you and i interact you always make me think differently and I love that. A lot of people, when I try and have similar conversations to ones that you and I might have, um, be them deeply intellectual or absolutely out there, um, they just they they either can't keep up, or don't want to, or um, or don't aren't aren't on the same wave wavelength. And you and I, we can swap back and forth between talking about uh, quantum physics and talking about man men docking like back and forth and we could make we can find connections between them like it's like is men are, are men docking is it is it gay because technically they never really touch according to quantum physics like that smart com- <laughs> hashtag smart comedy is something that i think a lot of people try to do but you and i do it in a way that nobody else can
0: i I really appreciate the cough once but This really does bring up a great question, though. Like, that is the ultimate. Like, so two girls, like you know, they do something with each other. It's not gay. They're not lesbians if they do that. It's fine. But if you get a blowjob from a guy, you're gay. But if you bring up the quantum physics thing, where you're never actually touching anything, did you really get a blowjob? Can we we say it's a blowjob if there is no touching involved? This I mean,
1: the- technically, quantum physics says nothing ever touches. So, I mean, if and at the same time, everything touches. I guess so. Realistically, everything's chaos and life is crazy. And when it, nothing means anything. Uh, yes. You know what? Yeah. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily completely true, Nate. That nothing means anything because definitely you mean a lot to me, and I appreciate you, brother.
0: No, oh, thank you. Thank you, Al. Um, I guess I feel obliged now to say, Steve, you were a good friend, a great friend, a friend of many, but a friend of me. Most importantly, a friend to me.
1: Well, fair enough. I think that's a uh, that's enough uh, self-aggrandizing for each other, um, if that's what you would call it. And I think that you know if if people like what we're talking about here they like the concept of uh hashtag smart comedy and the we need to talk show you should check us out online uh Podcast.com. um you can also go on our facebook fa- uh, facebook.com slash we need to talk show you can find us on uh podcast nh.com along with literally as it stands right now 20 other shows Um, and they're all new hampshire based and they range from everything from hunting fishing uh these girls who read their diary and it's absolutely hilarious a guy who talks about his semen sample with his wife and his wife does the single most amazing samuel l jackson impression you will ever hear in your life um we have music relaxation and therapy uh, we have business a, a show all about New Hampshire businesses, small businesses. You can learn how to grow your business in in uh, local communities and what people are doing. And I'm confident that you will find something on PodcastNH.com that you like. It's also Twitter.com slash PodcastNH, Facebook.com slash PodcastNH, Instagram.com slash PodcastNH. You can find us anywhere, and you can find We Need to Talk in all of those same places. We Need to Talk Show on Facebook and WNTT1 on Twitter.
0: Yeah, yep, yep. Um, I think it covers pretty much everything. Also, the Samuel L. Jackson impression or personator—I don't know what do you call her. christine Krista. Yeah, she, she, she's amazing. I mean, it's amazing I, I, at the charity event. She was doing the impression for people, you know, the fans of the show or people trying to coming up to the booth, and people were so blown away, like that they actually wanted to buy merch. It was great. They did. They they asked for her to sign
1: on behalf of Samuel L. They're, they wanted to bring that home to their kids and say, we saw a Samuel L. Jackson impersonator. She, she did it so well that they actually thought she was black. They did. We had her behind a curtain, and then when she popped out, they're like, whoa, <laughs> you're not a 40-year-old black man? <laughs> and she wasn't. <laughs> she, she, she wasn't, but she now is. <laughs> but she wasn't then. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where she's at today. with all of that said at the end of the day the same thing reigns true that it has for over 100 episodes and that my friends is we need to talk hey Peppin.
0: yo yo do you usually subscribe to entire podcasts or do you look for specific topics well I try using the search function on my podcast player on my phone it doesn't work too well I'm using Google, Google, it's not really set up for it. So I honestly have trouble. Why don't you just use Listen Notes? Listen Notes?
1: What's that? It's a search engine for podcasts that doesn't just search for the terms you're looking for in the title of the episode or the title of the podcast, but from inside the episode itself, meaning if you're looking for a specific topic, you can find specific podcast episodes that are about that topic.
0: You know, that sounds a lot easier than spending the hours and hours I have just trying to find the exact right keywords to actually get it to bring up the episode. I mean, usually I just get like a million uh, how to start your own podcast articles. It's really annoying. So that sounds a lot better.
1: Exactly.
0: When you're looking for something to listen to, just go to
1: listennotes.com, type in a topic you're interested in, and you'll get instant gratification, useful results. That's listennotes.com. Check it out now.